Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 41. Uh, this episode might be a little bit shorter than normal. We got a few less questions. Well, maybe not. I Who guess the, the number count of questions doesn't really matter. It just really matters about like how much we talk, which we talk a lot. It depends how many squirrels run across the porch. Yeah. How much spiritual minty freshness do we have today? Well, I know that we probably got a whole barge full of cold-blooded love. I know you probably do. You well, typically do. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Cold-blooded love to spare. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Almost. Yeah, we Here have we go. much to be thankful for. This will release on Wednesday, so I guess we can say Happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. There you go. Thanksgiving we're, Eve. We're recording this a little bit early because I'm supposed to not be here today, but I'm here because I'm here for our listeners. It, you came in on your day off. Yes, because we, we like to do this. Yeah, it's fun. And, yes. you know, we, we, can't, we can't disappoint our people. Absolutely not. Well, how, go a whole week without minty freshness? Well, you know what? We probably would have way too much cold-blooded love building up in our system if we didn't, you know, release it when we came to the podcast. So that could be, it could be detrimental to your I, health. Yeah. I, I'll, uh, you could yeah. offload it on somebody like all at once and it could be de- deadly. I second that emotion. Yeah. So we have to, we have to relieve that cold-blooded love pressure. Feel the need, the need for speed. There we go. That kind of thing. All right. So, uh, so Pastor Mark, uh, you guys doing anything special for Thanksgiving? Is that your house? Uh, it, it, we usually do it at my mom's house, which okay, is right next right door. Right next door. Yeah. So you walk out the back door and yeah, boom, you're there. there we are. At Ed nice. Nellon's house. For you. The commute's awesome. Yeah. And so we're doing something a little bit different because my dad's got some medical deal we're going to yeah, do Wednesday. Yeah. So that's going to be a... for Ed. Yeah, please do. And then... Um, so we're going to do it a little... We're doing a Portuguese Thanksgiving this year. So I was just going to ask what's on the menu. Yeah, Portuguese food. So we're so doing... So what would that be? Well, so there's a thing called Vinodage, which is a... Uh, like a pickled wine marinated pork Ooh. that is cooked, and you put that in really soft, like, it's a, like Portuguese carnitas, kind of like that, but it's very vinegary. Okay, I like um, vinegar, really good. And then there's a like an agratin type potato that's Ooh. a Portuguese thing. And we had a we had a special um, Connect Group Friday night. We had kind of a Thanksgiving Friendsgiving oh, thing. Nice. So one of our one of our famous Hungarians brought uh, this dish. I, I, it was like a potato cheesy dish. Oh, I they, there was like maybe a you know a tiny little corner of the pan left at the end of the night, and I, I hid that in my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. I had it for breakfast the next morning. You were hoping nobody found it. Oh, huh? it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. What you're gonna find is your kids get older. If Sandy Katona is a listener to the the podcast, she should that be was amazing. Yeah, amazing. Well, is Sandy ama- Sandy's amazing anyway. That food was unbelievable. I need the recipe. Not there like I'll ever make it. I'll just ask my of, wife to make it. Yeah, there's a lot of gift and talent packed into that little four foot ten or however there high she go. is. <laughs> she did a lot of gifts Good and food, talent. Man. She's like Good fun food. size, concentrated. So, so, um, so you were saying, so there's some sort of potato cheesy dish. Yeah, there's a, a dessert called Bola Familia, which is a Portuguese wine cake that's really good. Bola Familia? Bola Familia. A bola family? Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Nice. Well, the bola is not that. But, you what know, does it's the bola a, mean? I don't know what I, I don't know yeah. any Portuguese. And, and then we've got, um, uh, there's a kind of a Portuguese macaroni disc we make too. And so mm. it's a, it's kind of just an eclectic thing. And you're, you're mixing your, your starchy carbohydrates here. You've got some potatoes and some macaroni. This well, is, there you this go. This is going to be so, good times. I've decided I'm fasting. What are you guys doing? I'm fasting today and tomorrow to just gear up for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? I actually have no idea. Uh, awesome. Typically, we alternate. We go one year to Andrea's aunt's house and the next year to my parents' house. I don't know what this year would be. I think Andrea had to work on Thanksgiving last year, which was kind of a, a bummer. Uh, but yeah, so she she told me that she has plans that we're doing something because it's it's my birthday, so... 
Big 4-0, bro. Here we go. Yeah. What the podcast countdown. is this? Is 42? This is 41. 41. Okay. Yeah, 41. Yeah. So it has surpassed me. Yes. That's, yeah. 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 yeah let's say. I don't know if that's really quite the way to look at it. But anyways, yeah. So I, I keep getting these cards. Everybody's buying the same card. Uh, that's funny. I got two of them here. And then somebody on Sunday, one of our listeners, Phil Stivers, gave me four D cell batteries. Oh, 4D. I like it. Go. That's and funny. this card. So... Yeah, there we well, go. Well, when I turned 50, I and got I kind of like needed the, some uh, of these too, so this is great. I got the geriatric basket when I turned 50. When you turned 50? Yeah, I mean, there was like a, uh, you know, like all kinds of stomach stuff in there, Geritol. Uh, I think there was a, um, uh, oh, what are those things called? A fleet? I think I remember A this. fleets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was kind of a. That a, wasn't so know, long ago. Yeah, five years ago. How long have you been on staff now? Is it six or seven years? No, it'll be seven years in April. Man. Crazy. It goes by quick. Time flies. It goes by really yeah, quick. Yeah, it was kind of kind of crazy. So anyway. And they said it would never last. Exactly. I don't <laughs> know. You know, hey. I don't know who they are, but right. they were wrong. Yeah. Oh, man. So um, I'm, having a, hey, I'm having a great time in ministry right now. This is good times. You know, watching some. I just met a really cool family, came through the door. Well, I, I knew them from years ago, but uh-huh. kind of got reintroduced to them. Uh, they're here at the church. They moved back into town. And they've come here, and they're totally dug in, them and their three kids. And, and they were just... bringing the, the boxes for the Manadero. Yeah, outreach. and they're a really cool family. That's so cool. Uh, Anthony and oh my gosh, Adrian? Adrian, I believe. Adrian. I think yeah, it's Adrian. Yeah, really sweet people. So, Well, being that it's Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for this year? Oh, gosh, so much. There is much to be thankful for. I am just, I am, um, I'm just thankful for just my family being so healthy. That's I'm good. I'm so thankful for this church. I, I We have some of the coolest we got good people people here um and just really really sweet people here so i'm really thankful for the church because the church is made of people right it is this is and and, you know i was i was you know i was having one of those you ever have those pondering moments pretty much all the time yeah so i'm i i came in from the yard i was getting a drink of water sitting down and i was watching my wife Plant plants from El Planteo Nursery, and I'm ah. like, man, I am thankful for her. Yeah, I'm thankful for my wife too. I was thinking yeah. about this today. She's she's my wife the best. Is amazing. She's at our house right now decorating for Christmas because she she picked up a shift on Black Friday. Normally, Black Friday is our decoration day. Yeah, but uh, she's going to be in the ICU, so we put up the fake tree last night. One of many. Oh yeah. And when I go home, I got some tree some lights to put up outside. It's very Christmassy at the Benedictus house. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do, we're probably not gonna get a tree, per really? se. We're gonna decorate uh, Angelo the Tangelo in the front yard. Oh. you know he's looking good. He's got lots of fruit on him. Nice. And uh, we may get a tiny like a little uh, Missy wants to get what's that thing? Um, I guess it's thyme plant or no thyme? rosemary bush. Did you say thyme? Thyme or thyme? You call it thyme? People, I people, think it's thyme. I, I just mess with people's yeah. Oh, okay. Can you imagine how hard it is for kids to read today? It's, Apple. It's hard. And eight. Look at those two words. We were talking about those words the other night. Like eight, like I ate an apple. A T E. Yeah. 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 And it's like and, and or the number eight. E I G H T. Oh gosh. What are we doing to people? Or patience. Uh, it, it, the the English language is pretty screwy. It's rough, especially if you are dyslexic like me. It was challenging. Dyslexics untie. There you go. There you go. I get it. Yeah. So, for you out there in not dyslexic land but untie looks like unite for you yeah. people. explain yeah. the joke if you're trying yeah. to figure out what that's all about. yeah exactly you know but, when my yeah. when the doctor was trying to explain to my mom what dyslexia is like for a dyslexic mm-hmm. 
he said, take this pen and a piece of paper and hold the piece of paper on your forehead and write your name on it. And you'll have some sort of a clue as to what it is like to yeah. try and to try and write as a dyslexic. Yeah. I think that's a fitting, fitting test. It seems like a lot of boys get that. Yeah. And um, I know we at our house, my one son didn't like read until he was like eight years old. And I think that was a component of that. Yeah. And then one day his brain just kicked in. and he, Mine didn't turn on until I was about 20. Well, I'm never going to insinuate my brain ever totally kicked in. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had moments of brilliance. You know they say that your brain is not fully developed until you're 25? I the frontal cortex. Totally agree with that. I can see that in yeah. sub twenty five year olds. I, I, had I could see that in myself before. Moments I was of brilliance. This is why I didn't get married until I was twenty six. It was a good thing for my Okay, my see I had wife. a moment of flash of brilliance, you know, and I got married. I mean oh, that, good. my wife. That was Did a, somebody else choose the bride for you? No. Well maybe. God. Well, I mean I you know People don't believe in you know the, the predestination thing, but I, I I think I can't imagine somebody else. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. It's it's so funny because I was there's crazy. So I was in high school and I was between asking these two girls out, mm. and and the other girl was a nice girl. Yeah, but I ended up asking my wife out. Good, good plan. And and so sometimes Missy things go, could have gone so, so much. Different. How do you think things would have been if you had asked what's her name out? And you when know? you say that, when she says that, you say, "I said I don't terribly, even ever like to think about it, my I dear. Don't think about that because never, never, never. I love my life here. Yeah, it's good. Yes, I'm I'm grateful for my wife and for my kids. The kids are awesome. Um, been really grateful for my my oldest son. He's very much maturing quite a bit right now. That's super cool. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like he takes out the trash cans without being asked and helps with things around the house. It's a spectacular. Yeah. It's like, man, what happened to you all of a sudden? It's great. You know, it's really a... We, we might be entering into adolescence here very soon. Though, you think so? so? Yeah. So, well, we'll oh, see what happens. I'm prayerful. You know? Very prayerful. But, you know, uh, I have no greater joy than this, to know that my children walk... In the truth. In the I, truth, yeah. You know, I was doing the listening plan thing last night. Yeah. That's where we're at for the listening plan. Oh, really? Second and third John this week, and so... Did Third John verse four last night? Mm-hmm. I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in the truth. And I simply put, every pastor and every parent can identify with this verse. It is written on a beam in my oldest son's house. Yeah, I remember up you there mentioning we that. That's did awesome. that. And um, but yeah, you know, I'm in a 55. I'm in a place where you get you're going to get there one day, Miles. But you're in a place where you get to kind of look back on a few things and go, wow, there was some sacrifice and some um, not such great times because of the sacrifice. Years ago, and I think around 55, somewhere in their 60s, you start to see like some of the benefits of those trials and the sacrifices and things, and you get to enjoy them a little bit. So, Hmm. you know, I'm very thankful for all my kids. They're walking with the Lord. They're doing good. And it's great to see them mature in Christ and have their own reliance on the Lord. And that's their own. It's not ours. We're not doing it for them. So, and they're learning lessons that I learned when I was their age. Yeah. So it's neat to watch that and see how they process that. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, it's good to be thankful because gratitude is very important. Yeah. For the psyche. Mm-hmm. Or for, shall we say, for your psycho-spiritual health. For your mental and spiritual health, it's good to be gra- great, grateful, thankful. It, we had a good conversation this morning with uh, Pastor Jason. We were talking yeah, about... he's uh, preparing to do the message this weekend. He's yes. He's going to teach this weekend we were, on gratitude. We were talking about gratitude and... Yeah. and um, one of the things I've kind of had like spin, sometimes things spin around in my, my, uh, 
my clothes washer, my mental clothes washer for a while before uh, I, I It's called preach. meditation? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about healing. Mm. And um, we were, Jason and I were talking this morning how one of the things many times in the Bible that precedes healing or is part of the healing process is definitely um, an attitude of gratitude. Uh, it certainly doesn't hurt. You made a rhyme. There you go. Well, the practically could Jesus be a heals like all those lepers, and what happens? One guy. Mm, that come, is a great passage of scripture. Comes yeah. back, and so, where are the other ones? So that's yeah, a, exactly. That's where do where do other guys thing. go? Where mm-hmm. do those unthankful guys go? Yeah. So anyway, they're at the bar, probably. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? So I'm super thankful. I'm thankful for Jesus. I joke around with. Uh, Steve Teakin all the time. Yeah. I go, hi, I'm Mark Childers, and Jesus ruined my life. <laughs> and we have a good laugh, and it's because he totally changed our plans. Yeah. And I think the you want to try this, you people who don't believe, when, you're li- when your plans and your desires line up with the Lord's desires, man, you're in for a great ride. So. Truly, truly. Amazing. So. Well, in the news. Uh-oh. Elon Musk. Yeah. And Tesla. Yes. Released their long-anticipated Cybertruck on Friday evening. If Batman had a truck, this would be it. Okay, you know I'm not a huge Tesla guy. I am. I know you are. Yeah. And I don't, you know, diss the Tesla people. Yeah. They build good, fast cars. They're great Very cars. so, yeah. I've always thought, man, if I'm going to spend that kind of money on a car, I, I love old, loud, obnoxious yeah. cars um, that... Environmentalists typically wouldn't like. I mean, to me, like a twelve-cylinder Ferrari. Okay, idling, I have to admit, I like Tesla. Belching gas. If, if someone wanted to give me a twelve-cylinder Ferrari, I would would not gladly, pass that up. I would yeah. gladly accept that. Yeah, even to me, an old three fifty-six Porsche, any of those things, I, I'd gladly accept that right. too. Yeah. Now, but that Tesla truck, the Cybertruck, I looked at that thing and I'm like, oh, mama. Okay, so so really the. The the polling on this is either you think it's it's amazing and awesome or you absolutely hate it. Pretty really? much everybody I've showed it to is like they either have the reaction of that is absurdly stupid, I can't imagine anything like that, or that is amazing. I see it and I'm just like that see, is amazing. I love absurdly stupid cars. Yeah. Well, okay. Did you ever go to like the LA Auto Show, San Diego Auto Show? You ever oh did that? yeah. When I was a kid, my dad and I would go to the LA Auto Show. Yeah. Uh, every year we did this. And always the coolest thing at the auto show was the concept cars. But right. you knew pretty much every time when they would put a concept car up there, it's like, they're never doing that. They're right. never doing that because Most they don't of the have time. the guts. Right. Yeah. They don't have the guts to do that. Well, if ever there was a concept car, it is the Cybertruck, and they're they're totally doing it. I think it's crazy. they got this tonneau cover that goes into the roof. Yeah. That's a solar panel. It, it can be a solar panel. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy. And then they put a quad in the back. Oh, yeah. They made their own quad ATV, uh, uh, electric ATV, which well, probably is unbelievable fa- unbelievably fast. I can't talk today. Yeah. Okay, um, so I am not a fan of electric bikes, electric mountain bikes, because I'm like, pedal your bike like the Oh, you're talking about a, a pedal bike. I'm just, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not a big fan of those. But the there's some ones. people that really love them, this and that, and that's great, you know. Um the, I joke around, I call them the bike of the Antichrist, okay? But if Tesla made an, an electric assist mountain bike, yeah, that thing would be legit. It probably would be. And I would probably ride that, and so, I'd have to eat my words. So they, they announced this thing on Friday night. Uh-huh. This morning, they released that they've had 200,000 people put down $100 to save their spot in line to get one. It doesn't come out for two years. 
Yeah. 200,000 people over the weekend. Hey, the thing looks cool. It looked like Batman's truck. And the quad looked like Batman's quad. And I have a confession to make. Did you put 100 bucks down? I put 100 down. Oh, well, you know, hey, a big spender. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, don't do you, I don't know if anything will you materialize think, from that. You I think have two Joel years Osteen's going to die and you're going to inherit his church? I have, you know, no, I have two years to figure it out. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Well, I, I had to. I had to put a hundred dollars. Maybe all to that save my you know, spot in life. It's fully refundable. Maybe our cryptocurrency will pay well, off. There you yeah. go. Bitcoin. If only Bitcoin. my Bitcoin would. And I don't own a Bitcoin. I own Ethereum. Okay. If only my Ethereum would do better. But the problem with that is the the U.S. economy would have to tank basically for my. Ethereum yeah, we don't want to bet against America. Yeah, we no, love America. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Yeah. So so there's that. My, the news. my wife. So when I say that there's the either or, the polar opposites on the reaction to uh-huh. the Cybertruck, I'm like, that is so cool. I I want one. My wife was like, over my dead body. But you know, in the course of 48 hours, I, I wore her down. We, we can do that. Well, you know, she gave me the proverbial, whatever you want to do, love. And I went, all right, I'm taking it. Okay. So <laughs> on Craigslist. There is. It's not a midlife crisis. I just want you to know. No. Okay. Good. Yeah. No. No. I, I had mine at eighteen. Yeah. Um. But I, I remember I went and bought it. Nineteen. I bought a new Porsche. Uh huh. And I cut the air conditioning belt off of it because I was certain it was robbing five horsepower. It was a black car. Yeah, that makes sense. That uh, that shows you how I like stupid cars. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of funny. Well, I don't know. We'll see. You're gonna wear wear them down. I think I think the thing's gonna take off. I okay. personally think it's gonna sell like crazy among people who are like sub forty years old. I think the thing's cool. So yeah. best of Craigslist. Yeah. You get on there and there's these ads uh-huh. on there that are like people nominate like this ad was funny. Oh okay. And yeah. so there was a brand new sport bike for sale, and the brand new sport bike for sale and the ad read like this: brought it home. Wife didn't like it. Evidently, do whatever the hell you want doesn't mean what I thought it meant. <laughs> Save my marriage by this bike. Nice. So, I mean, I laugh because, you know, communication is key. Yeah. And evidently, it was not what he thought it meant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, he knew what it meant. He was just hoping. Yeah. Oh, so, well. So, um, Disney Plus, have you watched The Mandalorian yet? Have you seen this? I haven't. I, I, Are I, you a Star Wars guy? I love Star Wars. Okay, yeah. I, I, I remember as a kid seeing it and stuff. I, it's, can I, I'm just a confession? Yeah. My my Disney prejudice is keeping me from Oh, are doing you still it. boycotting? I, I, yeah, I don't see anything good about Disney. Really? Nothing I, good at all? I, I mean, kind of see them as Pixar, anti, Pixar anti-Jesus, Pixar awesome. Man. Yeah. Pixar's amazing. They're owned by Disney. They were started. I know. Uh, no, I like that Pixar, I think, have some good, there's some good messages in the, you know, Especially yeah. uh, Toy Story and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't like the messages in most of the modern Disney well, stuff. I'll let, I'll let you go with that. That's yeah, fine. and I don't, and uh, most like Frozen. Oh uh, yeah, I think I, I watch Frozen, and I'm like, you know, here's the deal. All that is is a there. This is a toy commercial. Yeah, it's just a big marketing story. And then uh, the second part is I can totally see, you know, Frozen the play, Frozen Broadway, all this stuff. To me, it's like, man, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And Ice Girl so, so that, should have married Kristoff, I'm just saying. that Because he whole, loved Ice. Um, that whole story movie was dumb. that started my, my kids sang that song perpetually. Let it go. Let it go. So, like, that kind of turned my, my household upside down for a while when that song was going on. And then... I remember one day I was driving the kids to school 
and that song was playing you know we had it in the car playing in the car and it's you know playing in the back seat and i'm i'm hearing my two younger daughters be disney princesses and sing that song and then i'm i started paying attention to the lyrics for just a split second and realized that maybe i should have paid attention to the lyrics a little bit longer because the lyrics from that song if i can find this here it's a, uh, a bad message i thought so very uh, yeah where is it okay yeah, so one of the lyrics from that song was, it's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. So I hear that lyric, and I look in my rearview mirror, and there's my, you know, at the time, probably five-year-old and three-year-old daughters just singing, let it go, let it go. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's probably not the philosophy I want to teach my no. five and three year old. Let's no. cultivate rebellion, shall we? Yeah. That's no, not good. I'm not letting Disney raise my kids. And now my daughter Grace loves Disney. Yes. And she says it is my bad experience at Disneyland that has given me a deep seated dislike. She might be right. Getting roughed up by Pluto. Pluto roughed no, you up? Yeah. There was another kid was pulling on Pluto's tail. Yeah. And I just wanted to meet Pluto and all that because he was a stuffed guy in a suit, I figured. And this kid's roughing him up and socking him a little bit. Uh-huh. And then Pluto grabbed me and cussed at me. Really? Because he thought it was me. I was falsely accused. Uh-huh. And he said some words that were... Not Pluto-esque? They were not Disney words. Well, Pluto's not even supposed to talk. Well, he talked. Well, he was like, hey, you little... Okay. And then And so I, I thought think I was shocked... I think that maybe you should probably have a conversation with my brother-in-law, Van, about this very topic. Because once upon a long time ago, uh-huh. he got fired from being a Disney character at Disneyland. And his story sounds markedly close to your story. Really? So. But we're sim- I'm older than him. He, he, no, you're not. Oh, really? Yeah. No, you're hmm. not. He couldn't have been the Pluto. Or did he get fired for cussing at kids? I think you might want to have a conversation with Van about this. I'm going to talk to him about it. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably move so, on. So, hey, when I, let, when I was forced to go to Disneyland unwillingly as an adult, uh-huh. that's the first thing I thought when I went through the gate. I go, hey, tell Pluto I'm looking for him. Oh, You right, want a piece well. of this? Come here. <laughs> I'm going to step out of the kingdom for a minute. Man, I can see. I have the tiger. There you go, man. Uh, I can see your cold-blooded love meters yeah, getting you, a little high. You want to meet Rocky to, Balboa? Let's go. We probably need to move on to the questions. Come on. I'll this give, has been like you 40 minutes of Pluto you and I wedgie. just chattering here. Yeah, anyway. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm over it now. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> I noticed. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah, Disney, yeah, big corporation playing with our kids' Okay, feelings. okay, moving on. Take yeah. a breath. Count to 10, please. Okay, there we go. <sighs> Bring it down, Mark. Bring it down. Yeah, mouthpiece of Satan. Thursday's yeah. going to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. You're gonna I, have you know what? I'm still ticked off about Bambi. You're going to have some bola familia. It's going to be great. Gonna be good. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm just going to be thankful. Bring okay. Okay, question number one. Okay, hey, we got questions. Um, These questions, man, the font on these babies is small. Oh, next so, time I'll make sure that I send it in Mark eyeglasses. It's, no, it's like, I don't know. It's Should like I read the question? 300, right no. Oh, you can read it? Would Job not have been restored and rewarded if, and then there we're missing a word, didn't pray for his friends? That is a great question. Um, 
that goes back to the passage that we were looking at in Job chapter 42. And uh, there in that passage, it says, the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Job 42 verse 10. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So that's a good question. Right. He still had old, he was still married to old Kerr Scott. And well, that's one of our questions. Let's not talk yeah. about oh, that really? yet. Oh, really? Is that yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on the okay. questions list. Uh, so would Job have been restored if he did not pray for his friends? That's a good question. Um, we don't know, but it is an interesting thing to meditate upon there in Job 42, verse 10, that the Lord restored to Job his losses when he prayed for his friends. Uh, so like I said, we don't know, but I will say this. I do think that it is important for us to not lose our cool and lose it on people when they say maybe ignorant or ill-informed things to us when we are going through challenging things. People are trying to help. Generally right. speaking, you kind of got to give people the benefit of the doubt as much as you possibly can. Um, I've been on the receiving end of some some words from people where they probably thought they were being encouraging and they were actually just being boneheaded yeah. and unhelpful. I'm sure right. you've experienced that yeah. as well. And we've um, probably done that to people. I guarantee yeah. I've done yeah. that to people. So I, there, you know, I occasionally it's possible. I may have said some insensitive things to my wife over the years. It's possible. <laughs> and, and then, and, and, and then a part of you goes, and you know what? She really asked for it. Doggone it. <laughs> yeah, no, I never no, said I, that. No, no, I know you weren't no, thinking that. No, no. Um, okay. So I think it is important to know that the things that the Job's friends were saying, one of the issues was really they're misrepresenting God. Right. And misrepresenting the situation. And so Job is standing in as an intercessor, um, kind of to their sin. That's why you're bringing out this whole, you know, kind of a, maybe this is a precursor or a little bit of a, a alluding to what the whole Jesus taking up on our sin relationship is going to be. Now, Jesus is in the story, mm -hmm. if we really look at it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we have to remember that. That was, that was part of it. We also remember that this, the way this is set up, it's kind of like a play, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so the important thing is there's the ifs. If it had gone this way or went this way, if you know, if at the office, you know, Dwight was never there. I mean, there's a lot of things we could could ponder. In philosophy, they'll call those counterfactual conditionals. There you go. Yeah. So we have to look at what is there, mm -hmm. and we have to look at part of being forgiven and restored is repentance, right? right? We see repentance there and Job stands in there and prays for them. And so, um, I was just sharing with one of our listeners this morning. Actually, I saw her this morning. It's, it's everybody wants to be seen as a servant until when? Yeah. Treated like a they're servant. treated like a servant. Right. And one of the tests to our Christianity, I rock with the Lord is when people are ungodly to us, when we're victimized, when bad things are said about us, um, maybe even by another believer, it can be that really hurts. That that's probably happened to me more by believers than unbelievers. When those things are done, how do we react to that? And that's the lesson, right there. How do we react to that? And what do we do with that? And that's something personally that we need to um to deal with. And so that's part of the lesson that we learn in this with Job. In in at the end of this. Because how God reacts is, you know, we need to restore this. You need to be repaid. You know, you need to be prayed for. Yeah, there needs to be repentance. All those things. And I think what I think is great is God doesn't just shut the door. He he communicates a very clear path to restoration. And I that's well, that's a God thing. Absolutely.
Oh, yeah. So we need to do the same. If we're going to take some lessons from Job. Yes, indeed. Okay. So we consider that answer? I think so. Okay, groovy. Um, what is the difference in language that makes people say Revelation 2.10 is not literal days, but Genesis is li- literal days? Woo, man. Um, so I mentioned on Sunday, Revelation 2.10, where uh, the passage says that you will experience tribulation for 10 days. Um, and I, I made the comment that a number of Bible teachers, myself included, don't see that as a literal 10 days, but just a, an, a picture of a temporary period of time. So this is where this question is coming from. It's a good question. Um, and then it, it's important, it's worth pointing out that not every Christian believes in the literal 10 days of Genesis uh, chapter 1 and 2 when we're talking about the seven-day creation. And um, that's a whole big, huge discussion. There's different views on creation. Um, but I would say... Traditionally speaking, especially from a Calvary Chapel background and probably a lot within the Southern Baptist Convention, because we're connected with that too, that most people, most Bible teachers would teach it a six literal day creation and seventh day he rested there in Genesis. So so why do we think that Genesis chapter 1 is literal days and Revelation 2 verse 10 is not literal days? I would say that the wording in Genesis chapter 1 is important, because if you go back and read the creation account in Genesis 1, it says, and the evening and the morning was the first day, right. and the evening and the morning was the second day. So in, in a lot of ways, when people are taking a literal stance on the days of Genesis chapter 1, they're saying, well, the language of that passage, when we see that idiom used, the evening and the morning was the first day, that when we see that other places in Hebrew literature, that it is also um, speaking in a literal sort of sense. Now, the other side of it is understanding what Revelation is. So Revelation is a an apocryphal, uh, no, I'm not, sorry, not apocryphal. It's an eschatological um, sort of um, poem, apocalyptic poem. That's the word I was looking for. That's what I love, the na- revelation in Spanish, the apocalyptic. Well, yeah, the, the word uh, revelation there is the Greek word apocalypsis. Yeah. So it's an apocalyptic genre of poetry. And so being an apocalyptic genre of poetry, there's a lot of allusions in there that are non-literal languages. So... You know, when you talk about the 144,000, there's people who they question whether or not it's a literal 144,000. Are these, you know, actual literal days or are they uh, non-literal language? So that's where that whole thing comes from. But the evening and the morning were the first day and the second day in Genesis. That's where they would say non-literal. I have the scene. getting kind of tongue-tied. I have the scene in my head. Yes. We're in heaven. Yes. And so they, they don't have like America's Funniest Videos. They just roll the tape of all the bad teaching on Revelation, and we just sit back and laugh at it. <laughs> the, the nice part about that is going to be when we are in heaven, and even grace. the people who gave the bad teaching, yeah. they're going to laugh about it too. No, exactly. We're right. all just going to have We're a good laugh, laugh because I would say— and I can guarantee you I've given some bad teaching probably on Revelation as well. None of us are absolutely certain on Revelation. Well, what I think is you know, a lot of times Bible teachers will disagree with one another, and I'll look back and go, man, I taught this 20 years ago. I disagree with me now. I just love when people yeah. make the comment that we are absolutely certain this means this. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not absolutely certain. You're certain How right Lindsay, this minute. How yeah. Lindsay was absolutely certain in 1976 with the late great planet Earth, and he was wrong. Well, and then Chuck. Yeah, like the early 1980s. Chuck said that Jesus was coming back in 1981, and it didn't happen. 80, 81 reasons why Jesus is coming 88 back. 88 reasons. 88, yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, we should probably find that book. That would be a great book for us to like read a page from in the Questions podcast. Uh, let's see, 88 
reasons. I bet Chuck's laughing about it now. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, you know, I can sell you some Chuck Missler Y2K oh, into the dude, world tapes. I got it tapes. right here in PDF format. Really? Goodness gracious. I'm going to have to do some research on this and take a look. And then let's this get might that. Appear. And then let's get a copy of I declare this might appear next week. We might read a chapter <laughs> that might be better than the news. Oh my goodness. I think we're going to have to do this. Anyway, that's good. for next week. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, read ahead church. Yeah. But I just no, don't No, Yeah. It's <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. So anyway. Yeah. Anyway, number three, yeah. maybe Let, let's do, let's do number three while we still can. Um, this one's going to get us into trouble. Yeah. I can feel uh, it. Yeah, I can. Ooh, there's a disturbance in the force. It might have been the chili, too. What about Job's wife? He calls her, curse God and die. Did she, what about her? It says, um, did she, did she bear, bear Job 10 more children? Because Genesis, or I'm sorry, Job 42 says that he had, you know, seven more sons and three daughters. Well, you know, I guess if, uh, I don't know. If she was, was kind of getting her due, then she would have to have 10 more births there. Oh, my know. gosh. Yeah. Wow. We'll curse God and die. Again, we'll go back to the old thing. The Bible is silent. Let's let's be also. Yeah. You, well, the, well. okay, back in that day, were most of these relationships monogamous? Well, at this period of time, it's it's plausibly not. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, so I, is I that will like say when this. people get bent out of shape that maybe Abraham wasn't as Jewish as they would like him to be? There's a there's a view on Job when we read in Job 42 that he has like double everything. You know, he's got double the camels and double the ox and double all this. And then it says that he died after 140 more years. There is a view that just in the poetry of that, that maybe Job was 70 years old when all of this terrible stuff befell him. And then he has double the life after that so he gets 140 more years which you know it's like okay so, so in instead the of half life he's double life i guess yeah. so so um so maybe that's possible that's plausible he gets to see his children and grandchildren and great grandchildren to the fourth generation which is pretty awesome so it's plausible if his wife was in roughly the same age as him that she's not the one that bears him 10 more children if you're taking the literal approach that job was an actual person and he actually had 10 more children which i say you know that's a very good very good interpretation and god of the can passage. do it either way yeah He's got so, it down. God, God's got this. So, yeah, they, uh, yeah, ten so more kids. Probably, probably wasn't her. Well, I could just see Mrs. Job, like behave, children. She's like, you know what? I'm out. Behave, children. Remember what happened to the last kids? Oh my goodness. Oh mm, gosh, man. she could bring. She could call literally fire down from heaven, so to speak. Don't forget, children. Wind storms are bad for your older brothers and sisters. Yeah, aren't here anymore. Set down and eat your broccoli. Number four. Okay. Let's quattro. say no more on number three. Number yeah, four. Yeah, I can just kind of get downhill from there. Um, we'll save that when we're not recording. How's that sound? Good. There you go. Um, can we one day do the... Uh, no, the we outtakes? probably would do the no, outtakes. I delete those. We, yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. I totally No evidence. Those. So after we finish reading the book of Job, what's the next book we should read through? Well, the one that comes right after, that's the Psalms. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Never a bad idea to read the Psalms or the Proverbs. Psalms are They're good. amazing. Pick a book. Read it. There you go. Pray for well, it. Pray now, through it. We're, we're, where we are we a, going? We have a little series coming up here. Yeah, we got a series coming up to Christmas. We have a series to start out the new year talking about vision and you know what, what we believe God's calling us to do as a church. And then after we do that, I am about 95% sure we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. Ooh, a Bible question from Deuteronomy. The it reminds Old me of Testament. Why is it on Jeopardy? They're always asking Bible questions in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. It's a great book. It's great. Deuteronomy, in my opinion, 
sets up the whole rest of the Old Testament after Deuteronomy. Yeah. Because everything else after that is kind of like footnotes and, and examinations and laboratory experiments on Deuteronomy. Now they have a, there's a um, Instagram page you can follow called Deuteronomy's. I've heard of this. It's all about the church. It is hysterical. I'll have to take a look at that. Very hysterical. I mean, it's it's Babylon B or better. So yeah, maybe read through the book of Deuteronomy or the Psalms. Yeah. Read through the Psalms and the holidays, and then when we get to the new year, read through Deuteronomy. Okay, sounds good. I I would also say sometimes there's lessons that maybe you personally um, lived through, or, or, or in Job, there's a lesson that you've learned that's very valuable. I think I've been learning some lessons in Job. Well, you know, it's been really interesting because um, my wife listens to another pastor here in Escondido that she'll listen to his, his Bible teachings uh, at another sister church here. And it is really interesting in our morning kind of Bible talks that we'll start talking about this. And that guy down the street. There's a concurrence, a coherence. Well, it's the Holy Spirit because yeah. it completely dovetails with what you're teaching. Yeah. And even with a guest teacher, like I was talking about eternity a while back. Yeah. It it all Yeah, your message was a great setup. It it, it all went through there. And we and it, totally planned that. Yeah, exactly. Not. Genius. Yeah, no. We're not that smart. No. Remember last week we talked about we're only functioning on half a brain. There you go. That's yeah. all we need. Mm-hmm. You know? So the vital functions are still going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my dad used to say, You're smart enough, you're not, you know, you're just smart enough to be dangerous. That is so true. So that could be our no slogan. Smart enough to be dangerous. There you go. There you go. The there, questions podcast. There you go. Question. Smart enough to be dangerous. I think we're going to put that in here just so we have a note for the next there time. There you go. All right. And that's probably going to be our secret word this week. You guys smart are just enough. smart enough to be dangerous. Smart enough. Okay. So uh, anyway, I just think that that being said, if there's something that particularly healing, forgiveness, there was a theme that came out of that teaching of Job that you need to lock into. Uh Go pick a book in the Bible that talks a little bit about it, too. That's a good way to reinforce it, dart around the Bible. So, But I love Psalms. Okay, number five. How can I find a way to share the gospel with family when they are at our house for the holidays? That's a great question. So I say, you know, drink some booze, get them in a corner, and just start beating them over the head with the Bible. Not. All of that is the wrong answer. I just threw that out. That's easy. Smart enough to be dangerous. I threw that out so they would do exactly (laughs) what not to do. Okay. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Okay, first step, pray. Absolutely. Pray for your family members and friends who don't know Jesus. Start praying for them by name and pray for them daily. And I would say, be very specific with the Lord. Yep. To say, Lord, may your Holy Spirit... Show me mm-hmm. when and where and how much, because you don't want to overdo this, right? Yeah. Um, and then provide the opportunity. It's very important that the Holy and, Spirit opens the door for and you. And you can absolutely bet that God will be faithful to answer that prayer. So, so as an example, it was, um, I don't know, maybe like six months ago, um, a family member of mine, he is a good Christian guy, loves the Lord. Um, he works for World Vision. And they were doing a an outreach with World Vision, and they were doing like this 5K walk. Mm-hmm. So they invited us to come be a part of it. And so we went and walked. So I knew a whole bunch of the family was going to be there. And on our way over there, I prayed, Lord, I pray that you'll give me an opportunity to talk with one of my family members about you, to share the gospel. And so we started the walk, and one of my family members came up to me. We were probably about, you know, 100 feet into the walk. 
and we got, you know, 5K we're walking. And he comes up to me and he says, hey, I got a question for you. I was talking with my son the other day, and he's from a Jewish background. Okay. He said, I got a question for you. Explain to me this whole Jesus is Messiah thing. And I was like, man, it couldn't even get a bigger wide open door than that. I was going to say. I was like, all right, Lord, thank you. Did you give him the road to Emmaus talk or what? Man, it was exactly that. That's so next, awesome. For the ne- well, his question actually was this. I if, call that the if, Moab, if by the way. Jesus is the Messiah. The, mo- the mother of all Bible studies is right. what I call that. Yeah. So his, his question actually was, if Jesus is the Messiah and we Jews believe that Jesus, or when the Messiah comes, he's supposed to bring peace, how come there's no peace? I went, oh man, I couldn't get a better setup. That's a 45 mile an hour pitch. Yeah, and so yeah. we we had a five k. Huh? We had a five k to talk, and we oh, had a man. long talk. So. And it's a five k, so you're not even out of breath. Nope. Wow, it's that's awesome. So yeah, so pray. So that's first step. You got to pray specifically, like Mark said, pray specifically for those individual family members, and then look for that kind of an opportunity and trust that God's going to give you the words to say. But also, I would really encourage you, uh, whoever this person is, and whoever else wants to take this to heart, sit down and write out a few basic thoughts on what the gospel is. Yeah, Write it so out. you know. So, so you know. Yeah, Think yeah. about it. What is the gospel? Yeah. And how would you share it with someone? Because it doesn't have to be confusing. And add to it what God has done in your life. What's God done in your life? Yeah, your and I, I think it, it's, and I can't, I really can't emphasize enough, um, preparing your heart and the, the Holy Spirit just asking for that answer. I mean, uh, just this weekend, we had a, a guy came up to me here at church and and he's having a really tough time with faith. Mm. And uh, he says, I can't explain it. And I'm trying to give him just a one little basic thing. Okay, let's start with this. And he's an old skateboarder. And I'm like, you know, um, can you tell me all about gravity? And he's like, well, it, it sucks because you fall. I go, oh, yeah, but you need gravity to get you to the other side of the pool, right? And he's an old, like, 70s, 80s skateboarder. So we know. We, you know. And... I said, you can't see gravity, but it's there. I said, how much faith is it taking? He goes, not a lot. And I go, you want to bring your life into a place like that with the Lord, where you're trusting him like that, where you're seeing that gravity. And he's like, man, you really gave me something to think about. And you know what? He went and talked to Pastor Jason probably 20 minutes later. He goes, now I'm chewing on this. I I don't know what to do with this, right? And to me, I just, I had asked, I prayed when I saw him in the morning, hey, Lord, just give me something he'll, chew on a while and so it's been good he's going through that how do i make god like that the reality of god in my life where it's like gravity he's like gravity good the other one i would say don't be a butthead Mm. nobody wants to hear from the loud mouth christian who's a hypocrite so the guy who's unkind to his wife or overindulging in alcohol or is a know-it-all or nobody wants to talk to that guy he's no fun to be around or girl so be a nice person. Be a friend. We earn the ability to speak into people's lives by treating them with the respect and getting them, getting to know them. And, um, you know, this is not a hit and run thing. You have to know that when you share the gospel with people and you end up being that Bible guy in their lives, that you're going to get phone calls at odd times. You're going to get odd questions. But it, it, those questions are a sign that you're doing really well with this. So be encouraged with that. So don't be a butthead. Perfect. Yep. I think that's good. All right. It's a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. And share with us how it goes. Yeah. So. And invite them to church. Yeah. They'll probably say yes. Well, the great part is, is then we have to do all the talking. I guess so. And I 
apparently from this podcast we like to talk so yeah we'll, there you we'll go be fine we'll be fine poor guy only had you know seven questions this week mm-hmm. okay um how can i practically increase in patience oh i shudder to think i know that frustrating things in life can be used to help grow in patience but how can i practically grow in patience and not just grow in frustration Mark, you seem to have this patience thing down really well. So oh, yeah, that's I'll just me, toss huh? this that's over what you, to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. you like that, huh? Yeah, you're, you're a good waiter. Am I? Yeah. Well, that's a fishing thing and a hunting thing. Waiters. Funny how when you hear waiter, that's what you think. No, you think I think of you have to wait sometimes. But... Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So start fishing. That'll teach you some patience? I think it will. Oh, okay. It will teach well, you that's patience. very practical. Yeah. So, You know, um, Jesus how do you did learn call patience? a whole bunch of fishermen to come and be his, his fishers of men. I th- I think I have learned more about not that I have attained. We're not going there, okay? I don't I don't not need any extra. Been perfected. Yes, there you go. Um, I think that when you get married, you learn a lot about forgiveness, mm-hmm. and I think when you have children, you learn a lot about patience. This is true because you're watching them from the time they go to walk and talk, um, potty training, all those things you learn that there's a cadence to these things, that there's a uh, a rhythm to it and a timing to these things. And if you try to push that timing, you try to push ahead or you're, le- or you're lagging far behind, um, you're not going to do it right. And that's one thing I've, I've really taught patience with kids and to be consistent. So that's one way you learn patience. Not everybody has kids or can have kids, but that's one place that I think I've learned quite a bit of ca- patience. Um, now, one of the challenges here, though, is that with children, it is not a given that you're going to learn patience by having children because no. you can just become increasingly frustrated too with your children. You know, I believe C.S. Lewis has a quote on patience where he makes a comment that um, the level of your patience will be shown in how you respond to interruptions. Ooh. And and there's a lot of truth in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with children, that's that's very clear too because Yes, you can grow in patience by having children, but you can also just um, not be very nice to them when they interrupt you, which is a real challenge too. So so how do you not just grow in frustration and actually grow in patience in this whole situation? Well, I think out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. Guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. So you have to preemptively be spending time with the Lord, and you have to have your attitude in the right place. Patience is a... If you go into a situation and you're prayed up and you're 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 thinking of, you know, how do I bring a spiritual prophet today? How do I bring a, bring a spiritual prophet to this by dealings with these people? Your intentionality in this, um, your preparation for this, not unlike a football player, you know, before he goes out on the field is, is mentally preparing themselves. A golfer, uh, I think we see a lot of this in sports. Um you need to, I think you need to mentally prepare your heart right. for these type of things. And then when you go into these things, and you're going to have a different result if you've prepared your heart in that. That's one thing. Yeah, I was so, just jotting a couple notes yeah. that were along those same lines. Because the first thing I think a person needs to do when it comes to patience is to confess their impatience as sin. Yeah, there so, you go. And, and this is an area where you need to be specific. So if it's that you get really impatient with your coworker or you get really impatient with your children in a specific situation, then confess it. Lord, when, you know, when I lost my temper or lost my cool and lost my patience with my child earlier today because of this situation, that was sin and confess it as sin. And then 
ask for God to give you his patience because one of the fruit is, fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering and kindness, and those are definitely involved in patience. So um, self-control and gentleness also, those are involved in that whole thing. So pray, God, I need you to give me your patience and your self-control in this situation specifically when this person does this that bothers me, help me to have your patience. And then the next time that person does that thing, in the moment, do the Nehemiah prayer. God, help me right now. <laughs> I need your patience. Okay, for, and for some reason that the word came to my mind today as I looked at this question is the word forbearance. Mm. And we could probably looked that up, but it, it it forbearance goes right along with patience. Yeah, patience, self-control, restraint, and tolerance. Right, and that's a... Um, and the example they used in the dictionary program, whatever, it was even to the point of where somebody owes you something. Hmm. Uh, Pay me what you owe me. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, and so they, there's a judgment yeah, the, that can so be... So in the law, forbearance, the action of refraining from exercise a legal right, especially enforcing the payment of a debt. Okay, so in a situation where somebody's maybe not being a nice person... Uh-huh. Um, and they do this consistently. How many times should I forgive them? Up to seven times? Well, I, I heard a guy say 70 times seven. Oh, only 490. Yeah, well, that's a We're deal, good. right? That's yeah. good. I'm, I'm sure I've had people do that to me 490 <laughs> times. But anyway, um, but I forgot it. So, because I'm so humble and forgiving, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But in that situation, you know the person's going to do this, right? And so forbearance is you're kind of proactively forgiving them and being patient with them as God is teaching them, because God's teaching you too. So that's that's definitely a facet of patience. And I think be anxious for nothing is important as far as you're not kind of a facet of that that goes along with it. But yeah. Good time. I, I think there's a big part of patience is I think trusting God. I mean, I came to the realization a long time ago that I am not going to have as far as possessions, I'm not going to have anything that God did not intend or want me to have. And you can work yourself to death or do this or that or finance this. Or that, but you, you you have to trust that God, you have what God wants you to have. Uh, a lot of times we're impatient to have something, right? A lot of times we're impatient. That's why I've got to wait two years for the Tesla. The Tesla. Yeah. A lot of times, though, we're impatient for somebody to come around, somebody we love, to come around to your way of thinking, so to speak. And you can't hurry those things, mm. you know? I think, you know, anyway, I, uh, I would definitely say that when I'm working with somebody who's struggling with, um, somebody who's anxious mm -hmm. about things, mm -hmm. I like to go back with them through their lives and some of the instances and recall those instances of where God was, took care of them and walked through them in these situations. And that seems to build a little bit of confidence and to say, you know, I don't need to be anxious about that. I think it's the same thing with patients. I think the way you can have a confidence and a way to be in, in patience is to go back and to go look at the places where you were in a hurry and God was not and see what he did with those situations and how he did come and fix that situation. And it's very, it's impatient people. Typically it is the antith, antithesis. Mm -hmm. Did I say this? Good uh, job. Trusting God. If we're impatient, we're not trusting that God's going to fill this, whatever this is. Well, I have a, a passage to end that question on that comes yeah. to mind. Is Throw it Philippians out there, Chief. 2. Philippians 2, 3. 
Paul says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each of you esteem others better than yourself. Let each of you look not out only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being informed of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in a likeness as a man, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him. So mm. uh, let this mind be in you. Yeah. It was also in Christ. Humble yourself. How do you feel that um, the uh, scripture with, uh, oh gosh, promotion comes from the four winds? From the Lord, not from the east or the west. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's in Psalm 139. How do you think there, that think? factors into patience? And waiting on the God, on yeah. the Lord? Yeah. Well, Particularly I, from promotion. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. it's, in it's all the issue aspect. of trusting that, God, you're in control of this situation. I'm going to relinquish my bets on it into your hands. Right. Yeah. So wait, that, I say, on the Lord. Yeah. That's so, a good plan. Wax on, wax off. It's, you know, uh, it's, uh, Alan, it needs to be a reflex, patience. You know, Alan Redpath. Yes, in his the making book, of a man of God. Not that one, but in his book on victorious Christian living, I think it was, in yeah. the book of Joshua, he talks about waiting upon the Lord, and he says, many a young man I have met who... Oh. Um, is still regretting the fact that he did not wait upon the Lord. Uh, rarely have I ever met anybody who regretted waiting upon God. And I, you know, I've come to see that to be true. Yep. Yep. I had a discussion with somebody this morning. I prayed for four months before I decided to come to Cross Connection. Four months? Four months. Wow. My wife says, you've never prayed about anything this long in your life. She goes, you didn't even pray about us that long. I go, nope, not for, no, not even close. So. Yeah. Anyway, didn't want to mess it up. Okay. I'm glad you finally heard the Lord. I'm glad I did too. I'm blessed here. Um, Number seven. Number seven. How does one come out of suffering growing closer to the Lord and not bitter? Mm. Man, that is, I'll tell you one thing. Let's preface this question here. Yeah. That is really important that you come out better. And not bitter. Yes. Really important. That is huge. Yeah, I think that a lot of the stuff that we talked about in this series in Job, it it kind of answers some of this question Mm -hmm. in the sense of having, like you had talked about right before we did this series, the eternal perspective and taking a step back and trusting. You know, a lot of it is an issue of faith and trust. Like, can I really trust that what we read in James, what we looked at this weekend in James chapter five, where right after it says, you know, you have seen, you know, you have heard of the per- perseverance of Job and seen mm-hmm. the end intended by the Lord, how that God is very merciful and compassionate. We have to, we have to keep going back to that and trusting that God, you are very merciful and compassionate. So I'm going to trust what I, what I read about you as revealed by you in the scriptures, that that's true, that you are very merciful and compassionate. So I'm going to trust that what you're doing here is ultimately going to be worked out in some way that I cannot see for good. And so that takes faith. That takes having an internal, eternal perspective and saying, trust. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in you, though yeah. I can't see it. Um, so the passage that comes to my mind on this is also in Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, where Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Then he says yeah. this, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is coming up. There let you your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then a lot of people stop there, but I think that verse eight is really, really important because Paul says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, 
whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's anything virtuous, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these yeah, things. Yeah, think on these things. And in the midst of anxiety-producing trials, tribulations, difficulties, it the temptation is for us to meditate upon our troubles. That's oh, yeah. where worry comes from. And so we're we're kind of geared towards meditating on all the difficulties and all the horrible things. And if you just meditate upon yourself and the terrible thing that you're, that you're in the midst of, then um, it's not going to produce good fruits. It's going to make you bitter. But if you meditate upon those things that are good and noble and pure, you set your mind on things above where Christ is seated, um, it's going to change your outlook and your perspective on your troubles. And I think you'll come out better. Yeah, and I think in those situations, our temptation is to, when we pray is, Lord, take this away. Or, Lord, why are you doing this to me? And I, I think <clears throat> the attitude, the probably the most positive attitude to have is, is it's okay to say, Lord, what are you doing with this? And what can I learn from this? Right. And how can I take something away that's going to benefit your kingdom through this? That's a completely different attitude. And a lot of times these things are allowed in our lives because we need to have a little bit of an attitude shift. We're not being punished necessarily, but we need to be directed. And hard times will direct us. Absolutely. Um I was going to say, too, it's really important spiritually to have a baseline. Explain that. So Peter has the conversation, you know, everybody's leaving, and Peter's like, you know, Jesus like, Peter, are you going to leave too? And he goes, where else would I go? What else would I do? Peter was clearly in a place in his life where he had seen too much and walked too much with the Lord. He had a spiritual baseline at that point where that was going to be really hard to unsee the things that he had seen Jesus do. And I think it's important to recount those things in your life. And, and one of the, like a good spiritual baseline is we know that he is a good father, that we would not ask him for a fish and he'd give us a snake or a stone. We know that he is a good father and he wants good things for us. So if we ask for good things, we're going to receive those good things. He's not going to do things to us unnecessarily that are harsh. So we you got to go back to the him. things that you know certain about God as he's revealed himself. Exactly. Right. Uh, too many times we spent things pondering these little, you know, they call it little, little theories and things like this. And we leave the baseline of he's a good, good father. Mm. That's, that's who he is. And that sounds he, like a song. It is. It's oh, who right. I am. It's yeah. who he is. Great, great, great song. I love that song. It is a good song. Um, but, and he's perfect in all of his ways. And you know, you can, you can meditate upon the lyrics of a song like Absolutely. that, just it. I do it all the time. And and that'll probably change your perspective. Yeah, I think so. You fill your, your head and your mind with good things of the Lord, and that's going to change your attitude. But to have that baseline of knowing this is who God is, this is unshakable, it is, it is not up for debate, this is who God is. We know this from the Word, and we know this from our experience with God in our lives, if we're really to be, be honest from our conversion, um, and that's the baseline for it. That needs to be your baseline. And you need to, you, you can get off in the weeds really easy, but you need to be able to go back to that baseline and have that solid foundation of who God is and what he's done in your life. Amen. Yeah. And so if you're stressing about that, you can go back and recount those, those things for sure. Well, as I thoroughly anticipated, the Thanksgiving special is going to be much shorter than, okay, never mind. A minute shorter? Yeah. yeah no. No. 10 minutes longer? Yeah. Okay, but our, our secret password of the I, week? I think we should probably hear from people what they are thankful for. Okay, you know what? I, I think that would be great. We want to hear what you're thankful for. And Later on, we can talk about how just smart enough to be dangerous. And if you are thankful for the podcast, 
then you should go and leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts at. I mean, we've already got celebrity endorsements from Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm sure he's having a great Thanksgiving too. So, uh, although he's Canadian, their Thanksgiving was like a week ago. Yeah. Um, well. So, so yeah. Um, Do you know we're international now? People We've in northern. Well, I mean, we're, you and I are Do very. Do you remember at one point our good friend David Guzik was listening to us on the autobahn in Germany? That's way cool. We were no doubt helping him drive safely on the autobahn. I'm sure, cautiously. Yeah. So if you're thankful for the podcast, you should leave a review and a five star rating. Only five star ratings. We, we are. Self-esteem can't handle anything. Why less. even push the button unless you're going to go five stars? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, if, if you get do it right or don't do it at all, leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. For the questions podcast, podcast where we are smart enough to be dangerous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday, tell us what you're thankful for. Happy Thanksgiving. Remember, the scripture says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, Jesus concerning you. you. So God's will for you is to be grateful. So share what you're grateful for with us, but also with your family and friends tomorrow on Thanksgiving. Right. God bless. Adios. Wow.